Betches Media presents At Betches, a podcast hosted by Betches co-founders Aileen Drexler, Jordana Abraham, and Sammy Sage. Before they were business partners, they were close friends who've known each other since elementary school. On Wednesdays, we wear pink. Get to know the women who've been making us laugh since 2011. Who allowed you to take my breath away? This is At Betches. This is going to be just like senior year, except for funner. Hello, and welcome back to the At Betches podcast. I'm Sammy. And I'm Sean. And today, Jordana is still out for her wedding. Aileen is still out on maternity leave. So joining me once again is our producer, Sean Kilby. We will be doing a pre-Thanksgiving episode of the At Betches podcast, and we have a lot to discuss. So should we just get right into it? Let's get into it. Yeah. Well, you're back from, okay, Sammy, you're back from Jordana's wedding, which is, this is the, the main headline of today's show. You went down to Mexico and you're already back and a lot happened. I followed it on Instagram all day long. What did you think? I, I, maybe, maybe you tell me what you think. From the outside looking in, well, first of all, you, I think you basically took over the Betches Brides Instagram account. You were running that, doing the Lord's work, doing Jordana's work, doing Nikki's work because she couldn't be there. It looked like a really fun wedding. First of all, it actually, the, like the dancing element looked really fun. The lead up to it looked really fun. It looked like a cool crowd. And I don't think I've ever seen Jordana that happy in my life. It actually <laughs> looked like what people dream their wedding day will be like. And you also seemed like you and Avi, Rusty and Aileen, everybody seemed like it was, they were having a good time. We were. It was really just like lovely. Um, it was, so I mean, without Jordana being here, she'll obviously give her own take on her wedding. But um, it was so, so nice. There was, it was not like a huge wedding. Um, so everyone, you know, kind of like knew each other and, and everyone was just so you know, close and around each other and everyone, you know, became, was friendly and celebrated everything. And you were always sort of like with the other people at the wedding. And it was like kind of being in a really fun like camp for a weekend with, you know, yeah. all your closest friends. And we just had like the greatest time. It was so like just nice and just wonderful. You know what I like about a small wedding? is the lack of small talk that you have to do. That's one thing. Because it can become a little bit draining or stressful when you have to talk to, like, the bride's mom's best friend who you met once 10 years ago and now, like, you're stuck with her. So that not being that being cut out is huge. But then also I do think you guys, you and Jordana and Aileen have a large extended friend group who have known each other for long enough that it is like getting back together with the gang. So I think that's really nice, too. Because ain't nobody going to this wedding unless they really matter. On a destination Yeah, I mean, on our end, like, we're, we're really lucky because, you know, we're all from the same hometown and we have, you know, our friends from, like, elementary school, middle school, high school. Um, but also our college friends have really, like, integrated into that crowd because so many of us went to college and high school together. So, you know, I think also, I think having, like, the three of us stay together through Betches, like, kind of helped us all just sort of, like, integrate and stay that way. Um and yeah, it was just so nice. And, you know, obviously like everyone's like significant others know each other and, you know, hang out while we were doing bridesmaid stuff. And it was just like the nicest thing. Also, so I don't know how much this was displayed on Betch's Brides because by the day of the wedding, I was, I was like so busy with doing bridesmaid stuff and just getting ready and everything that I wasn't able to cover it like as much in the moment. I also didn't want to like ruin anything. Like I didn't want to show her dress before like she wanted people to. But 
so I don't know if this was really came through on the on the Instagram, but it like poured right like before the ceremony. Yes, <laughs> that was going to be my question. Yeah, th- that seems stressful because I was talking about this with Nicole, who is the co-host of the Betches Brides podcast with Jordana, that it seemed like there was a lot of stress leading up to the ceremony because the weather was pending and it was like, how much longer do we wait? That whole thing is so stressful. It felt like yeah, the Alanis was, Morissette song, yeah. first of all. Like, it's the first thing that came to mind. Like, it feels ironic, because my understanding is there was almost time to go, and then it was like, let's hold off a little bit. And then that basically meant it did rain during the ceremony. Yes. It was, so it was like, it rained before, so we were like, oh, they decided we'll push the ceremony back like a, ha- a half hour, an hour. Because of that pushback, it actually rained during it. The original time was super sunny and nice. But... But to be honest, like, ultimately, none of it actually mattered. I mean, to as from the perspective of a guest, Jordana will, you know, obviously talk about how she felt about it on Brides. And, you know, she'll take everyone through every little detail. But as a guest, it was just sort of like, whatever. Like, okay, the cocktail hour is dark and who gives a shit? You know, we it, it just didn't matter, ultimately. And I think, you know, as as I was at the wedding, I was thinking about... Just there's so much emphasis on like the wedding going according to plan and like mm-hmm. everyone's so like, oh, if, if if it doesn't go as planned, it's it's there's a lot of emphasis on things going as planned. Whereas I think that if people didn't put as much emphasis on it going as planned and just sort of like let it happen, like I know we have a very intense schedule, you know, this is going to be at this time, this is going to be at that time. Yeah. But I yeah. think less attachment to that schedule probably makes for an easier day you know if you're you know not that they not that they were so like intense about it but I'm just thinking in I was thinking even about like my own wedding um if I hadn't thought about so much like oh it needs to be this then this then this um you know you can take those things just a little bit better in stride but it was so nice so as far as out mattered. of the people that I know in the world, Jordan is probably on the low end of people who actually would stress about some of these things. And I know for a fact that even she was kind of stressed about these things. Like, she doesn't really care about some of the particulars of wedding planning. But the ones that she does care about, obviously, she wants it to go well. So once the plan is in place, it becomes really stressful and a little... That, that's the other element. So I actually, I think I've told you the same thing. I was an officiant at a friend's wedding years ago. And it was an outdoor wedding in a very similar setting. And with 30 minutes to go before it was time for the ceremony, it started to sprinkle. And they were like, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. And by hurrying up, we ended up doing the ceremony at exact the rain, like the rainiest downpour I've ever been at at a wedding because we hurried it up. So yeah. those things were like, you, you don't know how it's going to go. But at the same time, it actually was quite memorable because there was rain. It ends up being this like weird, like happy accident element to it. Nobody remembers what's said at a wedding. They don't remember what, what's said during a ceremony. They remember maybe what happens on the dance floor, you know, or when the, when the best man stands up and gives an embarrassing speech. The actual particulars of the ceremony, it's, it's all a blur anyway. I don't know. You, maybe you remember every detail of yours, but it feels more like a blur to me, you know? Well, it was just, um, it was just so, you know, because, okay, because it's like Mexico and it's hot and <laughs> because we had already taken all the photos, it was sort of like, I didn't really care that I was getting wet, like, I was already so sweaty from just existing on that day and we had taken the photos and like at that point I was just like, okay, well, if I get wet, like 
who cares? You know, we're just like, I'm not wearing shoes anyway. Like, it's just so, um, yeah. I just, you did discuss that with Jordan. You, pre, you were the only one who was prepared for the shoeless ceremony. I mean, that's no, what I, you No, I wore do. shoes on this, at the ceremony, but for the rest of the wedding, we didn't wear shoes. Yeah. So, yeah, I left my shoes, like, in her suite the whole time. So, um, yeah, I mean, also because it was smaller, it was, like, easier to, like, herd people to the new plans, if you know what I mean, mm -hmm. um, rather yeah. than I was thinking, like, if there were 400 people here, like, this would be, like, how would you communicate, you know? Well, I mean, I think that's, that is another thing. Cause one thing when you are trying to plan a good party in general, you don't really want people waiting around too long because you don't want them to get restless. And that is what happens when there's a delay. So the fact that, right. I mean, you didn't delay too long, but if there's hundreds of people, it is, they do just get restless. I right. assume since everybody is staying there anyway, everybody has a room to go to. But the other element of this that I think is funny and entertaining for the listeners of this show or Betcha's Brides or anywhere else, the You Up listeners, et cetera, Jordana, it does feel like it's a friend of yours that's getting married, even though they don't necessarily know Jordana firsthand. So when I was on following it on social, it is fun to see like this destination wedding where everybody's dancing. Jordana's so happy. Because it feels like, like, you know, you went to college with her, even though some of our listeners only know her through the show. You know what I mean? I think that was yeah, a cool I part. Yeah, I mean, I hope, I hope, I hope that it was like, that everyone felt like they were, you know, there. Um, it was, look, I want to, I really want to let her tell so much yeah. of it, but it was so much fun. We had a great time with Jared. He was, you know, he was a huge hit at the wedding as well, obviously. Um, I'm trying to think like anything else that would be relevant to like, you know, How long were you there the for? I was there from um, Thursday through I came home last night. So we had like an extra night where no one else was there. Um, and then we, yeah, we came back. It's also just nice to go to Mexico for a few days. So yeah. that's not that bad either. Yeah, so, no, it wasn't so uh, bad. <laughs> also, I assume, I mean, I don't know. I haven't been on vacation with Avi, but he seems like such a wonderful traveling companion. That's got to I mean, it's just nice to like go away. You haven't seen Aileen for an extended period of time in a long time. Yeah, that that's was really cool. so nice to just get some like one-on-one -on -one time with her. And like the first, you know, the first day we were there before the welcome party, me, Avi, Aileen, and Rusty. Aileen had a plunge pool in her in her uh, room. I think because she booked she booked. Did you go? Did you go? Did you go complain? She, I'll tell you. And so like she, I want the pineapple suite. Yeah. No, okay, sorry. So wait, there's really funny shit about the rooms too. Okay, wait. So she booked she booked like the suite because I think her mom was originally going to come if she was going to bring Mila. So she booked like a really big nice room, and the first night, like right before the, <laughs> this is also relevant i'll tell you why the first night so thursday night the welcome party wasn't until like 8 30 and we were all just sort of like chilling everyone was arriving it also rained the first day so we were all kind of just like hanging got some food whatever and me aileen avi and rusty just went and hung out in their plunge pool for like you know an hour or so and it was just so nice to like be there just chilling like the four of us like it was so fun like it was lovely at one point Okay, I'll, I'll admit, I texted Amanda being like, can you do the morning announcements for me, please? Because I did, because I was just like, I can't go back to the room and do the morning announcements right now. But Amanda was like, I'm going into a movie. So I was just like, fuck it, I'll just do it anyway. But, but um, Well, thank I, you for getting that done. We at Betches appreciate you taking one for the team. That does sound so nice, though. That's fun to be able to like get back yeah. together with Aileen after a long time. 
Yeah, it was, was there it like was, a high, was that the highlight of the weekend, or was there a highlight with the Jordana, punch like pool the with thing? the four of us? No. Probably. <laughs> no. That probably was fun. No, the highlight. I mean, I don't know what the highlight was. Like the, it was just really fun the whole time. I was just in a great mood. You know, it was just happy. Like just all of us being together and just comfort. You know, it was so comfortable. Um, there was a. I will tell you the funny thing about the room. So. I didn't realize this before, but like the hotel is kind of split in half. There's like the beach and the and the lagoon, as it was called. And the cheaper rooms were the lagoon. And I was like, I'm obviously going to just book the cheapest room or whatever. So, so and a few other people did that as well. But some people booked like the beach rooms and the lagoon was like a 10, a, like a five to 10 minute either golf car ride or a bike ride away from the beach. And the beach is where everything was like. There's nothing to do with the lagoon other than like be in your room. So it was just kind of like a joke the whole weekend. Like the lagoon people are so out. I know you probably watched Jared like biking back and forth. That's because he was a lagoon person lagoon too. Person. And he had to, you know, it was fun though. It was really great. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Think of yourself like a bottle of sparkling water. Get too shaken up and you're eventually going to burst. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I love therapy. I've been to therapy for many years and I love that when I have a big problem, I don't have to wait and let it fester and let it get bigger. I can start bringing it up in therapy and talk through it before it becomes an even bigger problem. Figuring out how to find coping skills when I've encountered anything that triggers me or stresses me is one of the main things that I've really learned from therapy and has helped me so much in my life. It's helped me to be a better version of myself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Betches today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Betches. Well, now you're back in the city. Mm-hmm. And there is an update on your embryo freezing story. Because, you I mean, you got a big week ahead, I think. Yeah, big, like, next week and a half, two weeks, I arrived. My embryo freezing medication was here and I had my first checkup this morning, and tonight I start injecting myself with hormones for what the next. What does that entail? I know you discussed um, it on. I think you did it on Betch's mom's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A while back. Yeah. It involves putting two needles into yourself a day. It doesn't sound fun to me. And but. then just you know letting your ovaries enlarge. That's pretty much it. I don't know if your ovaries enlarge, but the eggs within your ovaries enlarge and then they are like "Ooh, you guys are ready we'll take you out and then they will fertilize those out in a petri dish i don't know literally if it is a petri dish but they will fertilize them outside of me and with sperm, and then they will freeze them and then when we are ready they will thaw them and implant them back into me so that is how how long do you have to do the injections um it's eight to ten days but they it depends on your, you know, you and how you're reacting to the medicine. So like it might take eight days. It might take 10 days. Some people might take a little longer. So it's a, you don't really know exactly. And you have to go every few mornings to be monitored. So I have to go back Friday morning and then Friday they'll tell me when I have to come back again. Could be the next day. It could be two days. You know, it gets sort of is like every person's 
process is different. So it's not like you don't really know exactly like what, when and what it will, how it will play out. But you know, like ballpark how it will play out. And it, you're saying these are going to be, oh, now no, I'm saying, thinking multiple, but this would be like baby number two. For yes. You. That's what you said to Jordana. Yes. So, this would be a baby number two because. Baby number one will be like all natch. Ho- hope, I mean, hopefully. Right. Hopefully. Um, all natch. Baby number two, this would be baby number two because if I had, like, I'm, a, I'm a already 32. I'm not pregnant. So by the time, like, I have a first one and then, like, recover from that and, like, want to do it again, I'll probably be, like, you know, maybe, like, 36. And, you know, we were kind of planning to do this anyway. So I was just, like, why don't we play it safe and do this? And then, you know, depending when we want to have the second kid, like, we won't have to be, like, oh, like, let's get it in ASAP, you know? Um, So... Yeah, hopefully. And how many embryos do they actually fertilize? How it's many does, does one get in the Petri dish in the freezer? So it depends how many eggs you have. So, like, depending huh. on how many eggs, like, I actually have that, you know, they extract them. And then they – so however many eggs I have is how many they will try to fertilize. And then after – but then not all of them make it, you know, Right. Not all of them yeah. develop like help healthily or have the right number of like DNA um, or chromosomes. Some of them might have like some sort of issue. So they're not going to freeze those. They're only going to freeze the ones that like are like healthy and whatever. But they know if they're like boys or girls. So pretty crazy. I have a question for you. This is like so I'm so out of the loop on this. I don't even know if you know. But how do they do that genetic testing? Do you have any idea uh, how that actually works? First of all, we live in the future. I, I just that. wanted to point that out. Yeah. But how do how do they do that? It's it's blood. You give like seven vials of blood. Like literally, I think there yeah. were actually 10 vials of blood. And then they test for like 200 or something conditions. Yeah. And they test your blood and they test your partner's blood. And then they see if there's any that are overlapping. Okay. Or whatever you have, like I, ha- I ca- I'm a carrier for something. Avi's a carrier for something totally different. So, like, the chance, the of chances of our of that, right? Okay. Children having what we are carriers for is low. It's very, very low. Okay, but like, how, how do they determine the sex of the baby in an embryo that is in a petri? I do not because, understand how they do that. Okay, because it's not like they let it bloom a little bit you know the embryo is like i like that you know what i mean like yeah i do they let it like form a little bit and then you know like babies are like boys are xy and girls are yeah xx or something so they know whether it's an xy or an xx that's it's really like that simple because the sperm just carries i think one so they know whether the sperm cat which one the sperm carried i guess Look, I'm I'm literally Science telling is a you miracle. like the, I'm gonna point I'm, this out. Totally. It's amazing. I'm I'm literally telling you like the most basic, basic so yeah. someone's probably listen a doctor's probably listening, be like, she's a fucking moron. But but um <laughs> but that's like my first grade understanding of how it works. Totally. I mean it's just kind of amazing because part of the thing though here too is I don't think this was possible 15, 20 years ago that you would have been able to do this. And even if it was like, it probably presumably difficult to actually go through this sort of procedure and like take the hormones and prepare for it the way that it is. 
it's kind of amazing. It lines up very well with our generation because like so many of our peers are need feel the need to do this right now. So I think it's really interesting for you to be kind of walking us through the process with you as well on yeah. various podcasts. And we will be discussing it again. I'm going to show, I, I think I'm going to show it on my Instagram. Like I'm debating it because A, I understand that it's extremely sensitive. Yeah. yeah. Like if someone for whatever reason, like can't get pregnant, whatever it is, it's, you know, it's extremely sensitive. It's an expensive process. I'm, I am so, I just don't want to even like skip over how like lucky I know that I am, that I'm able to do this like by choice preemptively that I can pay for it. Like, I know that like I'm incredibly lucky and that's why I'm hesitant about like what I do or don't want to share because I don't want to make other people, I don't want to make people feel shitty about like me doing it and being like, you know, positive or, you know, whatever about it. And look, I I know, I mean, I'm so incredibly lucky. So I don't want to like trigger anyone or whatever it is or because I know that people go through this tons of times and it's it's pain it can be really painful so there's that um but at the same and also if for people who like don't like aren't in this phase like it's incredibly uninteresting that's also like i wouldn't have cared about this a year and a half ago i still find it kind of fascinating is what i'm saying i think maybe you you do but like a year and a half ago i've been like i don't give a fuck about your eggs like (laughs) all right sammy it's a family time of year Right mm-hmm. now, it's Thanksgiving time. So as people are listening to this, they're probably getting ready for their Thanksgiving feast. And it might already be the Thanksgiving weekend for them if you're a late listener. Mm-hmm. Quickly, I want to recap. I know you talked about this on a solo episode of DST out on Thanksgiving. But what are your Thanksgiving plans for this week? Like none. Um, Which I love. Basically I'm saying, none. Like I'm apparently going to be cooking for Avi and my mother. But that's it. Like that is. You're doing a, a turkey thing. for three people? Yeah, I think I am. <laughs> okay. Avi says we can turn it into turkey soup after. <laughs> Do you want to come over and have of, some, Sean? <laughs> I mean, honestly, you're just bringing in, you know, you're making He's a like, casserole. Yeah. In the well, we're doing the Thanksgiving yeah. chicken because everybody knows chicken is better than turkey. I don't even know why we bother. I with agree with anymore. that. Rotis- but one thing a rotisserie am- chicken from Costco is better than turkey. Come on. Rotisserie chicken from Costco is too Delicious. good to be true. They lose money on every single one. You know that. Wait, Sean, you know when they're like warm and you first open them and yeah. you take off the drumstick and it's so it's, fucking delicious. And all the grease is like dripping from mm. it. Uh, look, turkey is pretty good, but because of the things that go with it. But we're doing Thanksgiving chicken this year. What else are you doing? What are your plans? Well, here's my plan. So I've done this. I'm not always in, in New York City for Thanksgiving, but when I am, I have become a Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade guy. We actually go to the parade. Have you ever done the parade? No. <laughs> it's actually great. So parades Sean, you know in general, how I feel about crowds. Yeah, you don't love them. But here's the thing. Parades mostly suck. I actually think parades, 9 out of 10 parades are not worth your time unless you have a child marching in it. I mean, it's really okay. one of those things, right? Like, unless you're in it or somebody you know is in it, you don't really want to be there most of the time. Totally. But this one's actually good. And I'll tell you why. Because usually to enjoy a parade, you have to have a front row seat or else you can't see anything. But the balloons are up in the air. So you don't have to be close to the street. Also, another, this is like a pro tip for going to the Thanksgiving parade. Everybody, it's kind of a good bucket list thing because when you're there, it is better than you expect. And my tip for people is don't try and get there early to get a good spot because you don't need to. It's... 
Right. Well, you, you get your thermos, right? And you fill it up with hot chocolate or whatever. But like, do that. But don't get up at like 7 a.m. Because I did that one time. And it was a waste. You don't want to be the person who's like up super early on Thanksgiving. But get up like at a re- regular hour. It starts at 9 o'clock. But, the, but that's when the balloons start going. The balloons don't actually like get to the halfway point until like 9, 30, 10 o'clock. And you're going to see a lot of balloons. There's too many balloons to see. Okay, so that's the first part. Come late. Okay. Number two, don't go to the beginning or the end because that's where all like the busy part is. Like you don't want to go to Herald Square where Macy's is because that's where like the ticketed spots are where people sit in the stands. And you don't want to go to the beginning because that's where all the fools who think that's where you're supposed to go, go. So there's too many. You go to the middle in Midtown. You just walk up a random street at 10 a.m. and you could just see the whole parade without even trying. So we'll do that. And then the other, here's the other part too. It's like kind of like going to a, a sports event. Which you know I love doing that I too. I know, I know. But my point is, what, what's the best part about going to one of those? When you get Food. to leave early. So you uh, could just leave. Oh, fit too. But I'm saying like, <laughs> get, may, bring some snacks. Get yourself some hot chocolate or like, you know, your Starbucks in the morning. And just go for like an hour. And it's a wonderful experience. So that's what I'll be doing. Here's the thing, Sean. Mm-hmm. There is yeah. no chance of me doing that. <laughs> but I will tell you that one, one year I lived on um, 80th Street near Central Park West. Yeah. And they blow up the balloons. On they blow up the street. balloons on Wednesday. Oh, so, yeah. Right. So I once I remember going to watch that just because the dog run was right there. So I that, that is I have, pretty cool, too. I have seen some of it. That's by the Museum of Natural History, right? Yes. You like kind of go around there. OK, that mm-hmm. also very cool. I just think, look, the balloons are bigger than you expect. They are. It is amazing to see it. So I'll be doing that in the morning. Do you, do you ever throw that on on the TV? It's just one of those things. Oh, I would throw it on on the TV. It was always on yeah. my house growing up. That was always like what was on in the morning. You know, this is a reason why you got to get some real estate on Fifth Avenue. <laughs> I know, I know. I have a friend who actually does like her grandpa has an apartment there and we like keep hinting that she's supposed to invite us to come. So that part and then for the rest of the day, because we're not doing the big like family holiday this year, because you know, whatever, this pandemic. So it's just going to be me and my girlfriend at home making the, the roast chicken and whatever. And then we will have a marathon of the Friends Thanksgiving episodes, obviously. Nice. That's what one does. That's what we do every year. Because why great. wouldn't? It's just like on in the background, you know, who needs to watch football? That's great. Well, if you want to have some turkey Come over. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Thank you. I'll text yeah. Avi too to see if he wants to join me at the parade at 9 a.m. We'll see. Okay, now Sammy, also, are there for are you doing like side dishes? Like what are your go-to side dishes? I plan to do stuffing, green beans, mm, probably like some type? potato. I don't know yet. I literally am saying this, I'm pulling this out of my ass right now. I mean, it's not fully out of my ass because like yeah. obviously, like I have some semblance of a plan i'll probably do some sort of potato dish very crispy potato dish i have no time for non-crispy potatoes i don't like a mashed situation no i don't don't understand why anybody wants the the mashed potatoes i don't want marshmallows on my sweet potatoes give me a dessert we're skipping to the pecan pie we don't need to do a dessert in the middle of the meal also gravy very important component very important Yeah. yeah Well, one thing I also discovered, because I was a picky eater when I was a kid, so I wouldn't try all the things, but I get now why the cranberries are such a staple. Why they're kind of like the... the, Sorry, I'm so rude. I'm yucking everyone's yum. No, you know, but here's the thing. I think the minute, like you, one time it clicks and it clicked for me a couple years ago because the cranberry sauce is not actually really good, but Mm -hmm. when it's like a nice little piece of ingredient that goes with the turkey and because mashed potatoes are bland and gross 
No, I like mashed potatoes, but like I just think there's so many better ways that you can prepare potatoes. Like why would you pick that way? Right, but I'm saying like you have all the things, right? But but turkey itself is pretty bland and mashed potatoes, you got to put a lot of butter in them, but they're they're not like super flavorful. So that's where the gravy comes in. That that like salts it all up and like makes it taste a lot better, but just a little bit of cranberry sauce to give it the tart does make the whole plate better. Cranberry sauce is like ketchup on a dry hot dog. You just need it. It doesn't make the dog. Okay. It just fixes what's missing. The dog. So uh, that's the one. Hmm. We did, we were, but we were like one of those uh, canned cranberry family. And I've People had love the that. Like, homemade one. It's not better. Just get the canned stuff. I've heard the canned is better. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like this isn't really appealing to my taste buds, but I do understand that I... I'm not the only person with taste buds and, you know, people, <laughs> people has have different preference. ones. <laughs> yeah. The only thing that I require at Thanksgiving is the pecan, 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 I agree with pecan that. pie. That yeah. is the best pie. There's no way that the filling, the filling on that pie is, I don't even know. I, I, I have no words for and, it. Okay. Here's a life pro tip that you're actually going to appreciate because you didn't like my balloons one. Okay. <laughs> if you're getting a one, if you're getting a pecan pie this season in say say in a city like ours, you can go to one of those bakeries or pie shops, but the pie is literally going to be like $35, $40 this week. Like they're crazy expensive, right? And right. they're good. But yeah. the Whole Foods $15 pecan pie is oh. at, is so good. It's right. actually great. It's not it's not like regular grocery store pie. It's a good pie. Don't overthink that. it. I trust yeah, that. So th- no, I trust Because there that. is one sitting in my kitchen right now that I already ate a quarter of it. So. I trust. I definitely trust you on that. I could believe that Whole Foods can pull off a good pie. So I thank you. That is a great life tip, Sean. You have redeemed yourself. We've all been there, trying to fit everything we might need for a trip, only to end up with a suitcase bursting at the seams. But with base, there's room for everything. 15 pairs of underwear for a weekend trip? No problem. Deciding between a few pairs of shoes? Bring them all with base. It is my go-to travel bag. I love that the bag expands because I'm a chronic overpacker and it still fits in the overhead compartment. It just makes it so much easier to travel when I know there's a special place for everything. It makes me feel like a more organized version of myself. And I love that cushioned handle. I always get compliments on it too from anyone who's helping me with my bags. Base is thought of everything you could ever want in a piece of luggage. 360 degree gliding wheels, a cushioned handle, built-in weight indicator, washable bags for your dirty clothes, and all the interior pockets you need. Their luggage comes in multiple sizes and colors, and for shorter trips, the Weekender bag is super functional and even has a place to store your shoes separately. Every piece is made to look better with miles, so you don't have to worry about it in cargo or overhead. And Base has over 30,000 five-star reviews. Whether you're packing for a quick trip or looking to breeze through the security line, Base has your personal items covered. Right now, Base is offering our listeners 15% off your first purchase by visiting basetravel.com slash betches go to basetravel.com slash betches for 15% off your first purchase that's b-e-i-s travel.com slash betches listen we all know that scratchy pjs can make a cranky kid i want my kids to be comfy when they sleep and are rested in the morning and that's why i snuggle them up in little sleepies little sleepies makes award-winning bamboo pjs that moms rave about I am, said mom, I am obsessed with little sleepies. They are so, so, so soft. I just got one that was the Checkmates Zippy for my son, Lucas. It's so adorable. 
and it's limited edition, so everybody go check it out. Little Sleepy's Zip Romper Pajamas, aka Zippies, the ones that I got, were designed with thoughtful details like fold-over feet, mittens, and a double zipper to make the middle-of-the-night diaper changes easier. Made from the buttery soft, custom-milled Luna Luxe Bamboo Viscose, their Zip Footy Pajamas are gentle on sensitive skin and babies with eczema. But what parents rave about the most? How long they fit. And Little Sleepies makes the best baby shower gift. They have inclusive sizing from preemie to adults 3X. There are also nursing and pregnancy-friendly styles available for adults. So try a pair of Little Sleepies today. Fair warning, you'll never go back. You can try Little Sleepies for yourself by visiting littlesleepies.com. Plus, get 15% off your order on littlesleepies.com with code BETCHES. That's L-I-T-T-L-E-S-L-E-E-P-I-E-S.com with promo code BETCHES. All right, Sammy, so... Uh, last week, we talked a little Paris Hilton. Yes, I have to make a retraction. Okay, thank okay, you. Okay, last week, I critiqued her and her new husband, saying that she was sort of treating him a little bit like Prop Bay, mm-hmm. you know, Mr. Prop, because she hadn't posted him on her Instagram, and I had never really, like, watched them interact. Okay, here I have to take it back. I watched the first two episodes of Paris in Love, And this guy is great for her. I really feel like they are a great couple. And I think she really found a guy who cares about her a lot, who takes her shit and, you know, gives it back to her, but not in like a rude or abusive or emotionally difficult way. I think he really understands her. He gives her like, you know, he's patient with her. And I really like them as a couple. And I highly recommend this is, I highly recommend watching Paris in Love. I was really, I'm really enjoying it. Was and that on, I, is that a Peacock one? Which it's one on Peacock. That? And I'm enjoying watching their relationship. They're, he, he's really sweet to her. He seems like a great guy. What is his, uh, the scenario? How do they know each other and what does he do? I don't remember how they met. He's like, his father was chairman, president, and CEO of, Amstead Industries ranked one of the United States' largest private companies. So he is, he grew up pretty rich. I don't see her like really realistically marrying a guy who's a rags to riches story, but he seems like a great guy, like not so fame hungry. He just seems sweet to her. I, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. And she also posted photos of him. So I'm proud of her. She finally did. She probably listened to yeah. the podcast last week. Definitely. Felt the heat yeah. coming at her. Mm-hmm. Well, what is the, so is the show, it's like the ramp up to their wedding or is yeah, it the it's, aftermath? It, no, no, no. It's, it's plan. It's watching them plan their wedding and Kathy Hilton's in it. She's, uh, she's herself. Yeah. Um, she's funny to watch, but, uh, I wouldn't want her as my mother. Let's just say that. Um, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's planning the wedding. You're watching, like, the family dynamics. I really feel that Paris Hilton, when she came out with her This Is Paris documentary, I feel that she's extremely misunderstood by the public. And her coming out with that documentary, talking about how she was abused and then getting this cause of, like, troubled children's schools, like, picking that cause up, I really feel that she's, like, come into her own. And she's still in the process of coming into her own. I think her husband's really helping her, like, see what, like, real love and affection are like which is obviously hard for people who have been abused in the past to like fully you know get like fully embrace and and be that person to receive it so mm-hmm. what i mean i really feel like she is i don't think people realized how traumatized she was all this time she was famous like they didn't realize that like her persona was not only created as a response to the trauma 
but it was not really indicative of who she was like inside. Maybe I don't, and she even says like, she didn't really know who she was. She's only really known who she was for like a year or so. And I, and the, it seems like the documentary is sort of what really helped her like release some things, but fucking Kathy, but there was also a headline that was saying how like yeah. Paris feels like her parents can never understand because they refuse to watch the documentary and that she and can never she like it fully. Up, her mom, her mom changes the subject. That's what, yeah. That was but the she, quote she gave. It's sad her. because she says she can't fully heal until she talks to her parents about it, and her parents won't even talk about it. Yeah, that is deeply troubling. Although her parents after watching, basically allowed her to be like kidnapped in the middle of the night from her perspective because she doesn't know that like they're coming to take her to boarding school and her parents like were cool with it. She just thinks like I got. St- taken from my house in the middle of the night my parents watched and allowed it to happen and they took me to a school where they abused me and my parents allowed it and paid for it so yeah it seems like they might want to unpack that together if she wants they will never grow. unpack it with her i promise you that much based on my reading of house of hilton they will never unpack it so you're watching the new show you you do highly recommend it and i'm sure paris appreciates your apology your retraction i should say we're not apologizing we're just correcting the record not I just think last week, like my my opinion, and I think I said this was not fully founded. It was just well. I mean, now, it's I, a now I have more from info. social media. I mean, look, think about yeah. it this way, though. I mean, when somebody is watching, let's say somebody is following somebody, and it's their wedding, and they just know the bride. I mean, mm-hmm. in some ways, the way that weddings are designed is kind of the the groom is kind of at least aesthetically, he is the accessory. A lot of times the way weddings are, are shown. Totally. I mean, in photos, I always look at the bride. Like, I'm not looking at the groom. No offense. Like, you know, I'm looking at the bride. I'm looking at her dress. Like, it's the bride. It's about the bride. No offense. It absolutely groom. is. For, and for a good reason. I mean, the other thing, too, is like, when you, I mean, come on. When you're, like, taking photos and you're picking one to post on your social, are you looking at anybody else in the photo? No, you're looking for the one where you look best. So that's going to happen when he <laughs> is just the... Excess. Now, he probably would come off looking that way. But now that you have context and they are like real people to you because you've watched a TV show, it, it, you realize that the way things come off on social media sometimes unintentionally gives you yeah. that impression. And watching him speak, like he's very self-possessed. He honestly like reminds me a little bit of Avi, like in certain ways, like very um, just like comfortable in themselves in certain mm-hmm. ways. Obviously, like it's a different situation, but there did – there was a certain comfort level that I got. And also, Kara says she's like, yeah, like I was always dating like DJs and influencers and like people who wanted to be famous. And like Carter is the first like businessman that I've dated. That I, I wonder, because she has clearly made, at least in the last several months, I guess it's what, six, when did that documentary come out? Less than six months ago. It was this year. No, I it think is it was a little a, more. Was it? Okay. But around. But it, she, yeah. She's had a career pivot recently. Because she had mostly disappeared. Then that documentary came out. Then she got that cooking show on Netflix, which put her back into the mainstream. And then she got married, which, I mean, listen, she probably has an entire, like, media machine who they put, they map these things out and spaced out the dates. But then having the TV show where people can access it and get new context on her, it probably lines up well with her actually finding a healthy relationship. It does. You know, like, she can, she can go into the grown-up phase of her life because she actually is going into a grown-up phase of her life. And then we can enjoy her again because she is entertaining right Listen, which she's is got, what made she has me, one-liners yeah. right they're amazing for reality tv the whole family but like that's what made me kind of like turn around is that i was like oh actually she's like not the same as the media 
made us think she was all this time. I'm Betcha's co-founder, Aileen, and as you may know, we have been in the media game for a minute. And between meetings, podcasting, dinners, etc., I need a wardrobe that works with me, not against me. And that's why Lee is a staple in my wardrobe. I recently got this white jacket, jean jacket from Lee, and I got their button-down. I must say that the quality is very, very good because when you wear a button-down, it is very difficult to find one that doesn't kind of come apart. And this one is not only very soft and comfortable, like I can move my arms around, but I really, really like it. It just looks really cute. And it's like Western. Western's so in right now. And then I also love the white jacket I got. It's like off-white, but it has this blue stitching and it's like, I'm going to wear it over the shoulders, perhaps on my vacation. I'm just really into it. And Denim trends come and go, but Lee is legendary for creating denim cuts that fit your body. Their denim gets better with age and their classics fit into every look. Lee's denim jacket is the one to reach for without fail. It's a classic. The Ryder jean jacket is the OG and what every other brand has copied for decades. Everyone is an icon in their own right and Lee makes denim so people can own their style and feel good in their clothes. Their spring collection is here so get the freshest looks and cuts before anyone else. You can find your Lee fits by visiting lee.com. That's L-E-E dot com. That's L-E-E dot com to shop spring looks now. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick but can't always afford the super high end stuff? I have a solution for you. Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. You choose whatever you want to rent for whatever you have going on. It's totally up to you. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. There's no fees, late fees, damage fees, or fees to pause or cancel. So it's no big deal if you lose a button, spill something, or you just need to take a break. They have inclusive sizing up to 5X as well as petite and maternity. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now, you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code BETCHES20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com, that's Newly with two U's, and enter the code BETCHES20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, Newly with two U's, and use code BETCHES20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Okay, Sean, let's talk succession. This was a, gr- I really enjoyed this episode. What did you, this, we're on episode six. What did you think? Okay, first of all, I think it was the best episode of the season. I don't think it's even close. I did the thing where you, okay, here's how you know an episode of an HBO show is good. How many articles did you read about it after the fact? Because so, so far this, this is a thing, right? Like this would happen with any of the shows like when, um, I'm trying to think. Remember like the night of, for example, which was a really cool season of TV. Yes. I was reading articles almost every week. And then there will be other, you know, in succession last season, because I was really into last season, I was reading a lot of articles because sometimes I don't get succession. I'm not going to lie. Or like you want to see what you missed. Yes. 
Yes. Or yeah. if I read too much into something or if anybody else had the same read, you know, you're looking for that. I'm on the forums. I'm going on Reddit like Sammy. You know, we're doing our sleuthing. Mm-hmm. So I read a couple yeah. articles. Yes, now you know. Right, right. <laughs> but the first few episodes of the season did not really hook me because it felt like, which Succession does this on purpose, it felt like they were kind of spinning their wheels. It was like, who's going to take over the company? You will be right. you, will be you. It's like, we. how many times can we do that? Circles. When you've been doing that since episode one of the first season. Right. And then you get to like, so last season, one of the best episodes they had was the New York Times family. The, whatever mm, they called them. The, Nan Pierce. Nan Yes. The Pierce. Yes. The Pierce family. When they went to Turnhaven. Turnhaven. So this felt like Turnhaven to me. Where I love that episode too. Almost the whole family goes off together and there's this negotiation going on. There's some intrigue. There's different moving parts. But at the end of the day, it's like, what's going to be the actual outcome of this? So I thought that was really interesting. Well, I think what those have in common, I think the episodes where the Roys are thrown into a situation where they don't, where they're not the ones in control is what uh-huh. makes good episodes. Like at Shiv's right. wedding, like the wedding was like, you know, it wasn't just Logan, you know, mm-hmm. that that's always when the show is at its best, when you see the Roys have to be in a position of like what seems like a lower leverage position, yeah. like when they went to the Pierces and... I'm trying to think there were other ones. Even at the shareholder meeting last week's episode, yeah, which I also similar. really liked, was great. Um, remember when they were at Argestes, that when the, the article came out? Oh, that was a great that was that, another great right. episode where yes, when that was that was almost the end that was near the end of last season. Yeah. Where they there was the bombshell and yes, there's they're at a conference. Everybody's like going around, but it doesn't feel the same as when it's just the family doing infighting. There's other things from the outside that they have to deal with. Yeah. Totally. There need to be X factors because the infighting of the family is boring because Logan always wins. There's nothing new that happens when you just have infighting of the family. When there's like new things coming from the outside, that's when it like makes it interesting. Agreed. Uh, Which is. It also felt a little bit to me, this is the closest the show has ever been to Veep. And it always has had like a little bit of Veep in it. In fact, the showrunner for the show wrote an episode of Veep, but this was like the Veepiest episode because they're literally doing a king-making thing. I thought the episode was called The Room Where It Happens. I just assumed Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. It was not, but uh, there was a good Hamilton joke in there. So the premise of the episode, just to refresh, is they are at essentially like a a CPAC, like a a political conference for conservatives. I think this was actually like more of a, uh, I actually think this was a little more exclusive than a CPAC. Exclusive. I think this, I actually think this is something that wouldn't be televised or advertised. To me, this struck me as like a dark money, Koch brothers, den of iniquity type of this is true. And and they do even say, well, I hope everyone can like show discretion and not share. Yeah. What, what, I don't think this is the kind about. of thing where like they share where they are. And to me, this can't be based in nothing. This kind of thing happens. Uh, and you wrote on the outline, how accurately do we think that this portrays, you know, the political process with wealthy donors? And like, I would say... Do I think that like one guy, Logan Roy or Rupert Murdoch sits in a room and says, this is the one we're picking? No, but I do think that these conversations happen. Like they do think that they have the power and they do have the power. Unfortunately, They do. And if anybody really does, it is Rupert Murdoch. So this is also the most, the Roy family is a mix between, it's the Murdochs, it's the Trumps, it's the Disneys. It's like, it's not just one. Yeah. But this is the most Murdoch the show is ever going to be because it really is. Okay. I am the guy who is running things. 
So that was interesting. I do have a question for you. Okay, so there's a bunch of list of nominees, essentially. And the, yeah. the only part of this that's a, a, a little bit different than what we've experienced in real life is they're, they're saying that the primary season has already passed. So what's going to happen is there's going to be the national conference, and then they're going to like pick a nominee at the conference. So that they really are selecting who it's going to be. Right. And I do think that when a McCain or like a Mitt Romney, for example, Fox News decides, you know what, Mitt Romney's the guy. And that's what they're trying to point to. It's like when these, when there's going to be a nominee, how does he, how does that person get there? Well, it's the news coverage that drives all the voters to decide this for the most part. And actually the only exception probably is Donald Trump. No, he got the, no, Trump, I would say the opposite. Okay, Trump go ahead. got there because of the news. And the new, the problem with the news is that there's financial incentives for ratings. So he was garnering ratings because he would say so much ridiculous shit because yeah, he turned yeah. he turned the presidency into Bravo. So it's literally like the ratings went up. They mm-hmm. couldn't stop covering him. He got more coverage. He got more attention. He picked up more followers. And then he did actually have like the plurality of support because like, you know, they weren't covering like Jeb Bush. OK, maybe you can see this more in like how the Democratic primary like played mm-hmm. out was there. Yeah. There's always like, why aren't they? there's a lot of complaining about like this person doesn't get enough coverage. Why doesn't Julian Castro get more coverage? It's like because Julian Castro doesn't play the media game. Right. That's probably a good thing for an executive. But for the media, which is run based on financial incentives. Yeah, no, that's true. But I think, for example, we know famously the Koch brothers hated Donald Trump and did everything they could to prevent him from being the nominee. But I do think, for example, Fox News turned a corner at one point where they said, oh, Trump is our guy. He's great for business. But then they lost control of him, which is where I think, by the way, this season of succession is going. Obviously, the guy that they picked, they're going to lose control of him. I mean, he's going to turn into a Trump. So you wrote on the outline, what you wrote on the outline is really interesting about how the options in the show really mirrored potential you know, right, right. Real potential. life. Who are like their real yeah. life counterparts. Yeah. Nominee. People who would be front runners. Yeah. So there was the guy Boyer who's the VP who like keeps licking his lips. That was great. Yeah. He's, is he Mike Pence? Who do you think that I is? I think he was like a Mike Pence or a Jeb Bush. Yeah. Type. He's like a Je- Yes, exactly. Yeah. One of them. Who kind of plays the role. He seems safe, but that guy almost never gets to be the nominee. Like Mike Pence would never be the nominee. So that was well, good. What do you yeah. mean? I don't even know, actually. No, I, I mean, when they yeah. made, who did they make the nominee that was like kind of like that? No one, maybe McCain. McCain, right. Yeah, I would say yeah. McCain is one of those rare safe people. Okay, and then there was Salgado, who was Shiv's pick. I thought he was like a Marco Rubio type. Because like, you I know, agree. up and coming, but like not widely enough cared about, you know. Right, he's got no pop. You kind of forget that he exists, but and and, the, and they do point out the like the ethnicity thing as like a plus. Yes, of course. Connor, Connor Roy is. I mean, I I kind of feel like he's supposed to be a Donald Trump Jr. who clearly is going to run for president someday. But who else would be a, a parallel there? I think he's more of an Ivanka. Got it. And the reason for that is because Don Jr is like more of a firebrand and Connor's like not really Connor's just kind of like you know he, he's just kind of that like name that everyone's like oh because of his dad and he doesn't really do much but he pretends that he can do everything like Ivanka <laughs> yeah I actually think Don Jr. would be 
more likely to win as a can like be a candidate than Connor. I think the whole thing with Connor is that like they see no possibility there. Sort of like how Ivanka also couldn't like get people going. Yeah, sort totally. of like I mean, the believing that you're competent when you're completely incompetent. Yes, and then the last one would be well, the making guy who they end up picking, who's who, who's Roman's pick. Uh, I mean, he's kind of supposed to be Trump. He's, he's like also Trump with a religious bend. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's just a Proud Boys guy. I mean, he's a standard for like the alt right, and there are a few of these people in Congress. But I think the idea that he is clearly somebody who will produce good ratings if he is the nominee is the parallel to Trump. That's the element where it's like, okay, they're going to lose right. control of this guy. He clearly has more charisma or control over what's going on in his own messaging than Donald Trump did necessarily. You know, he's like, he's clearly not supposed to be a total moron, but it, you right. can see this going somewhere, which he's I think is He's kind of like a Josh Hawley. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like I, okay. a little bit like that or like a Tom Cotton type. I was going to say Tom Cotton's the other guy who I think who probably is what they're modeling it on because he says things that would incite violence. Like he, he, he is like totally irresponsible in his messaging. And so that's what I, I have a feeling that's where they're going with this. Who knows how much time they're even going to devote to it. I hope a lot. Cause it's fascinating. Cause it is the best is, thing. Like, I know this is the stuff I like. It's interesting to watch them talk about who in the family is going to do what, because Logan always wins. We get it. Like let's bring out other, other challenges. You know, did you think for even a moment that they were going to just have it be Connor? No. Even were you rooting for it? See, I, okay. It, it, <laughs> of course I, I, it's one of those things where like, you're trying to like outsmart the show. And as it's going, I'm thinking you guys are never going to do it. You're never going to do it. And then at one moment I was like, holy shit, are they actually just going to be like, fuck it. This would be a more interesting show. If, Cause it would be fun if it was Connor. Cause Connor is such a moron. Like that would have been I a mean, funny storyline, but it's, that's more veep than this show goes. Yeah, I don't think, like, they don't respect Connor enough. No one no, of in course the family not. respects Connor. But did, did you think that the show was at least implying that Logan was considering it when he was asking people? I think he, it flipped, to, it flitted through his mind, and then he was like, no. I think I agree. You know what else was, this is the biggest takeaway, and I actually think it crystallized a point, and made, it was trying to make a point that I thought was really interesting, which is that Logan genuinely does not give a shit about politics that he, he really is generally indifferent almost like nihilistic mm -hmm. about mm -hmm. the, the the actual political he doesn't have an ideology i mean he does right he he is he is like you know the old white standard guard but does he really care about which way the political winds are blowing no and i actually think rupert murdoch is like that i think that these oligarchs are really like that and that's interesting yeah, I kind of think the whole thing with the oligarchs is that there's not like a political ideology. It's just give us all the resources and we will control everything and everyone else can fuck off, essentially. Literally, in the words of Logan Roy. Yeah, and I, I really do think it's the, that was the point of the episode in some way where they were trying to show like, this is how it really works. He doesn't really care about the specifics of what's said on Fox News or whatever they call it, AVN, whatever their thing is. That he just cares about the power. The point is the power. Hoarding power and resources is what it's about. That is, I mean, I think that's just kind of where that whole party has shifted in reality. It's all, it's just about the power. But it, this might be the best representation I have seen that in a show or a movie. 
Yeah. Because it's kind of like, it's it's subtle, but it's really true. All he cares about is who is going to bring me the can of Coke mm-hmm. and do whatever I say. It's just about having this place. So we can leave it there. Wait, wait can we just talk about Tom? Can we talk Let's about talk Tom? about Tom. Let's do it. I think Tom will, should and will turn on this family. And I'm hoping that he does it next week. <laughs> oh, you think it'll be that? That would be cool. I was actually thinking about this because... Greg has been the one, he's the linchpin, right? That for the longest time, it's, they've been positioning Greg to be the one who could flip because he's the one who has the documents. He is the one that is easiest to, all you got to say is I'm going to burn you and he'll freak out, you know? <laughs> like that yeah. whole thing. I don't even, you know, so, but Tom, on the other hand, has been pushed to the brink and he gets further and further disconnected from all of these people. No one has his back. Why should he have to be the fall guy? The more ornaments no you sense. hang on Tom, the further he's going to go towards just like toppling over and going to the DOJ and saying, fuck it, I don't want to go to jail. What's in it for him? Well, what needs to break is he needs to give up on Shiv. Otherwise, he's not going to. But here's the thing. Now Kendall has that photo of him. So it almost should give him like permission to just switch. Yeah. Well, he took a picture of Tom so that he could drive a wedge between Shiv and Tom, right? I think it's more like I'm going to hang on to this until just in case so that I can show that like Tom to the family that Tom isn't really loyal to you and that way like it almost makes it like not worth Tom being loyal to them because there's already proof that he wasn't that's interesting I mean look Kendall has shown himself especially in the last couple weeks it's interesting how they in the early part of the season it was all about ooh, how's Kendall gonna like get back at the family and win and then the last two weeks, you, you see now, oh, he's like purposeless and a fool and an idiot and can't get anything done. The only thing he might be halfway decent at is manipulating other family members and blackmailing his family members and being just as shitty as his family so that he, they can tear each other apart because he ain't winning anything. Well, practice makes perfect. And that's really all he's ever done. That's all his life has been about. All any of their lives have been about. Like, they never went to work. Like as normal people, you know, and had to like relate to the world. That's why he can't even keep his lawyer. We'll see what happens with each of them. I would be all for Tom turning on the film because that would send the show into a new, that might just be the cliffhanger at the end of this season. Who knows? But it's we'll shaping see. up to see this season is, has turned a corner and that was the best episode of I this agree. year. I think. Agreed. Sammy, that's it. That's, that's going to be it for this episode. Happy Thanksgiving to you and to all the listeners. This was a lot of fun. Hope everyone's having a great, great holiday. Thank you. I hope you enjoy your rotisserie chicken and your parade. And same to all of the, same to everyone listening. I hope this is a nice start to the holiday season, that it's relaxing and not stressful, even though I know the holidays can be. So be sure to rate, review, and subscribe and follow on Apple or Spotify. We will talk to you next week when Jordana's back on the App Betches podcast. At Betches is produced by Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Dana Samuel. Editing by Sean Kilby and Stacey Wong. Be sure to follow At Betches on Instagram and send us your emails to podcast at betches.com. Betches.